Kevin Blackestone uh, joins us now, the award-winning journalist. Uh, of course, everyone knows Kevin from around the horn on ESPN, fantastic sports columnist uh, with the Washington Post. He joins us. Kevin, good seeing you, man. Good seeing you. Thanks for having me on. What's man, happening? Hey, a Washington, D.C. guy is always good. As you sit across from the former quarterback, <laughs> Jay Schrader, back in the day. What's up, Kevin? He was the man. <laughs> When he arrived, the city was excited. He was going to set the world on fire, and you did set the world on fire. Yeah, we, 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 Kevin, made, a good, we made a good turnaround. Absolutely. Why do you Absolutely. have to say that? Because he tells us that all the time. <laughs> and, and, and you're just, you know. Please. They still don't believe it, Kevin. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Are you kidding? The cannon this guy had? Yeah. We know. Oh, that was so much fun. Uh, we know it. We know it. Also, uh, join us here is Taurus Banks as well, right? How yep. you doing, man? Glad, doing well. How are you doing? Glad you guys could, could join us here, okay? Um Tell us what's been happening, man. I know you've been busy. Yeah, I've been busy. Um, you know, usually I would be here for the game, yeah. um, but I'm not. I'm yeah. here for the work that Torrance yeah. and some if some of his students did uh, at the University of Maryland, the Philip Merrill right. College of Journalism, um, their uh, data investigation um, into youth football in this com- country. Right. I, w- I want to talk about that. Yeah. It's a, a groundbreaking report that just came out this week, a uh, four-month uh, investigative journalism project that you guys were involved with about youth tackle football in communities of color specifically. And as we know, there are pros and cons when you know people are talking about should tackle football, you know, should kids be playing at the ages of five, six, seven, eight. Hey, I think all of us here played Pop Warner football, played <laughs> yep. earlier, right? You know, eight, yep. nine, ten years old, right? I don't know. I think we all turned out pretty good. Yeah. Right? But, uh, you know, yeah. uh, and then you know, we're sitting across from a, a Super Bowl quarterback here as well. But I know that people are on both sides of this situation on whether children should be playing because it could lead to injuries, uh, also damage to of developing their brains at such a young age. I'm curious to start with you, Kevin, your thoughts in – and what did you discover as you were doing your due diligence and putting this report together? Well, the students did it all. I just gave them some advice along the way um, and looked at the data that they were uncovering um, as it came out. And, you know, a lot of the, the, the umbrella to this is, and you kind of alluded to it, is we know that there's been a slight decline in youth football participation yeah. for whatever reasons. Right. Um, but what we didn't really realize was that there has been a slight increase in participation rates in black and brown households. And so I think about something that, that Bob Costas said um, at a symposium at the University of Maryland some years ago um, when the, the conversation around CTE became greater and greater, and he said that that's an existential threat to the game of football. Yeah. Um, but what Torrance and his classmates found kind of suggests that black parents and and brown parents and guardians of kids who are playing football will be the remedy to that because they are discounting the the, the risk and looking at the potential reward. Yeah. And and obviously, Torrance, your parents are are thinking, hey, this is good from a social aspect and that sort of thing, but there is that fraction of parents that are thinking, hey, you know, my kid can get a scholarship. Maybe the only way he could get to college, right? Mm-hmm. And then you look at that next level of, of potentially, you know, being a professional. We know that that is minuscule in in the in the larger picture here. But how much of a factor was that when you know talking to these parents? 
Um, it was a factor to some extent. Um, so I went to the, the Maryland Heat, um, one of their practices in Fort Washington. Um, so that was one of the things I said that that was a benefit that, you know, that they could earn a, a scholarship or play professionally down the line. But they also made sure to emphasize that um, the coach there um, kind of stresses like academics mm-hmm. as well. Um, and that also that um, he definitely like emphasizes like safety um, like, during practice. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the data is there. I get it. But I'm a guy, you know, I grew up playing multiple sports. You you played sure. multiple sports, right? All that. I can tell you right now, look, I'm a guy that was 5'8 as a 10th grader, right? Wow. And then I was 6'4 as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. So I completely changed, and it changed my world. I did not know at 8 what I wanted to do. I thought I was going to be a baseball guy, right? <laughs> I mean, that was my love. I think what we run into now, and Kevin, you alluded to it, so many of these parents across the board look at their kid and go, hey, he's pretty athletic as a kid. That's my golden ticket. Yep. Please please don't do that. Please, It's no good for you, and it's no good for your child. Uh, it just isn't. They don't need that, that pressure to try to live up to that. And I see it. I'm a high school coach, high school athletic director, and you're just like, stop. Stop. Just let them be them. You know, right. and, and figure it out, and you know, I think that's that's the word we got to get out. That there's so much money. Everybody sees the contracts these guys get, right? They're not getting them at eight years old. They're not getting them at ten. You know, and hey, my little boy's got to he's got to specialize at ten. We got to go see this coach and that coach, and th- let them be ten. Yeah. Mm. Let them, let them grow up and be athletes. You know, and that's that's my take. So. You know, I think it comes down to, I don't know if it's so much the children anymore, mm-hmm. but it's the, the generation of parents that we have now that see what drives everything, which is the, the dollar. And, and Let, a, let's yeah. be honest. And, and a lot of those like to, to live vicariously through their, their kids. Child, right. right. We right. see right. that I mean, in all sports. We can, we can, we can kid around, but mm-hmm. everybody looks at it and everything's driven by the dollar. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, and it's just, you know, with the with the football thing, it's just, you know, we just know how violent the game is. Right. And, you know, it is it is safer today than it was yesterday. Oh, no no question. question about no it. Question. And at the same time, it can be incredibly dangerous. Yeah. Um, and so, the you know, the, the, the my takeaway from what Torrance and, and his classmates did is that, you know, we need to put up guardrails like somebody needs to put up guardrails on youth football and in some places that's happened um and in some places like lexington mississippi where uh which was one of the the cities that students went to um which is 2000 population of 2000 76 percent black median household income 39,000, poverty rate pretty high and a coach who says basically, this is this is your a ticket, ticket out. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Mm-hmm. So we, we need to protect people in that situation. I think. Yeah, and I, you know, Torrance, I, I agree with you. I'm in, I'm in the academic side of it. These kids need to go to class. They need to get their grades because they ain't getting into a college with a 1.2. I don't care how good an athlete they are, right? Right. Because uh, these coaches are getting paid way too much to have that on their record now. So, you know, hey, look, I, 
I tell parents all the time, you know, there's more scholarships for the band than there are for football. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so to that, to that point then, but you've been involved in football all your life and now you are, uh, shepherding yep. kids playing it. What's your feeling about the data out there about how dangerous it is well, for I, young kids and, 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 and would you, put up a stop sign at a particular age i would i would say no younger than eight okay okay but i'm also i'm a big proponent in the same size i think where, okay. you, where the kids get in trouble is where you get the little tiny eight-year-old mm-hmm. and he's in the division the eight to ten and the ten-year-old outweighs him by 30 pounds that's a problem that's okay. a, that's a well. Problem. You go back to the Pop Warner days. Everything was it wasn't so much. It was age, it's, but but it, the the was, weight was the big yeah. thing. Right. That's the way yeah. it, it, we started know, in our community. It, was right. Exactly. Sixty five pounders, seventy five yeah. pounders. It, right. Yeah. But right. We've all we've all seen the yeah. videos out there yeah. now where the big kid yeah. is running over the little kids yeah. and stuff like that. To me, that's where it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. If they're all within 10, 15 pounds, mm-hmm. go for it. We know that there's been a movement. <laughs> nowadays where they're saying what you're saying here it's too dangerous we don't want to to deal with you know trauma brain injuries down the road so we've seen more and more communities embrace flag football how do you guys feel about the flag football does that as effective or does it teach the the fundamental skills of football still obviously you have the team aspect you got the camaraderie all of that kind of stuff but where, where do you guys stand with with flag football over tackle football or replacing it? Well, uh, I, I go back and forth. Flag football can be great if the coach teaches the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. The problem that we find in flag football is the coach lets the best athlete go out there and just run around and not teach them. That's mm-hmm. where I have an issue. I tell coaches, Pop Warner coaches all the time, do me a favor, coach your best athlete. Because if you coach your best athlete, everybody else will fall in line. Because if they come to high school and haven't been coached, they're not going to be able to get coached in high school, and they certainly aren't going to be able to get coached in college, right? So you got to coach your best athlete. And I think it comes down to the coaches at that position. Now, the only thing that like football doesn't get them used to is getting knocked on their butt and getting back up. Kevin, what is that? And that's a life lesson. What does the data show as far as – Injuries being prevented for communities that have elected to go flag football instead of tackle football. Do we know that? Uh, we really didn't didn't have that. I don't think, right, Torrance? No, we didn't. But um, just the other day, the Journal for the American Medical Association came out with a new study um, of adolescents who have played uh, uh, tackle football, and it showed that they, whatever percent, they can suffer and have suffered some degree of brain damage. Mm-hmm. So we know that that's, you know, that's a possibility. Um, and we know that youth football recognizes that because one of the things they're trying to do right now, and, and, and Jay would know this, is come up with helmets that are lighter in weight and smaller in size, I believe. Right, right Torrance? Yeah. Um, so that kids are able to better control their head and neck dropping, rather than with, yeah, with dropping right head. exactly so you know there's a recognition of that but i but i'll also say that you know the nfl recognizes um injury into talking about flag football yeah. because now for two years in a row 
right? The Pro Bowl has been has <laughs> like, been a flag football go yeah. and, and why? Because guys nobody, wa- nobody wants to get hurt. Get, get hurt. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they're they're making so much money, you know. And look, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you because I'm around all sports. There there's a lot of concussions in soccer. Okay, oh, yeah. there's a lot of head injuries in soccer because I yeah. mean you get you get to the high school and the club level in soccer, man. They're going after it, right? Yeah. I mean they're competitive, and uh, I think it's just the nature. Look, more people are competing in sports than ever before, which is fantastic, right. right? I mean it's fantastic and all that. So with more people, you're going to have more injuries. The data is going to go up a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's no question. I mean just because of sheer numbers. All right, Kevin Blackestone, award-winning journalist, and of course, you're familiar with him around the horn, ESPN. Torrance Banks uh, joined us here. All right, man, we got to get a prediction on Sunday. What are you thinking, Kevin? I'm going with the upset. I like the. Uh, Is I there like... really an upset? It's kind of like a pick 'em, you know. But you know, right? Hey, if you're picking against Mahomes, that's an upset. <laughs> come on, Even come like, on. We were just talking about the Niners are like, the favorite here too. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, yeah it's well, gonna, yeah. That's and, what I said. You're and picking, I don't. Yeah, picking that. Pin- Try to pick against Mahomes and Andy Reid. Right. I, and how, how does that work yeah. out? Right. Exactly. Right. I don't. So give us your your uh, your logic behind um, the upset here. Debo Samuel's yeah. Kittle, McCaffrey, Ayuk. You know what it's like when you have all those kinds of weapons to throw to. I, I just think I just think they're going to be more likely to put up more points. Hmm. And you know, Kansas City has struggled this year to be as explosive in offense. Yeah. Um, as we've come to know them in the past yeah. few years because of some talent that they've been unable to replace. So I'm, this is an offensive game, and I think, I think San Francisco has more offense available. Torrance, who are you going with? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the 49ers, too. I think it's time for you know, Kyle Shanahan to finally get his Super Bowl, yeah. chasing it down in the, I'm the 28-3. Yeah. Torrance, you won't appreciate this, but Kevin will. <laughs> so when I was with the Raiders, uh-huh. Kyle Shanahan was a ball boy. Because <laughs> his, da- his dad was the coach. That's right. So Kyle was a ball boy. Wow. Look, at Torrance is over here like, man, he must be old. Yeah. I am. <laughs> I am. <laughs> this is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So who you got? Who do I have? You know, I know Andy <laughs> Reid. I know guys on the, on the Chiefs. I know mm-hmm. guys on the 49ers. I was telling these guys, I hope it's 38-35, and the team with 35 has got the ball with two minutes left. Because I want to see, I want to see one of those two quarterbacks and those offenses go. We're going to go win the game because that's what that's right. what the game is. Today. Right, right. So that's what I want. I want a high scoring affair with somebody at the end of the game going. We got two minutes. We got one timeout. Let's go see if we can win it. Well, that leans heavily in the favor of Mr. Mahomes. Yeah, no question. <laughs> I think we all have that. And like for me, I'm going. Jay and I have been Look, talking about going back and forth, and it's like, are we going to Pur- take Purdy over? Because I love all the parts that you say. Right. You know, yeah, with the Niners, yeah, right. I, lo- I love everybody else, but, but look, Purdy. If I'm, I'm down, if <laughs> I'm da- if I'm down three or six, <sighs> and I got Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. I like my chances. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, I, I'm going to say this. You know, no one likes to talk about kickers. Okay, we know how my man feels about kickers Ooh. over there, right? <laughs> but the Fortners got a kicking problem. Okay. Yeah. They yeah. got a they got a problem. Yeah. You know, yeah. Where, where's Robbie Good as gold? He's n- right. no longer there. You're right. And and when they drafted uh, Moody out out of Michigan, and uh, uh, I'm, he has missed so many kicks this year, yeah. is mind boggling. And Bucker, yeah. So to me. Yeah, Bucker gives them the special it, the special team. It does. Edge. It does. And there you go. 
Kevin, okay. I appreciate the time as always, man. Hey, thanks for having us on. This is Good. this is great. Yeah, yeah, great. Thanks for stopping by. Great. Hey, man, thanks for go back when you when you see Tony and all those yeah. old DC guys that were writing. Oh on, my were, goodness, we're writing on the paper. <laughs> yeah. Tell him I don't have any hair anymore. I was going to say that shock of blonde hair. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, let it go, right? Yeah. And the my blonde good, bomber. My good friend Charles Mann is still back in uh, Oh, yeah. In, oh, in that's, my, oh that's, that's, my, that's, that's my guy. That's my guy. Number 71. There absolutely. 71. Yes. Yeah. Pride absolutely. of Sacramento, California. Make sure you tell him that. I, I, will, I will do that. There you go. So, thank you very Kevin, much. Thank you very much, Torrance. Thank you for thank joining you so us. Much. And, uh, again, the groundbreaking report, uh, the investigative journalism these guys have done. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, Definitely. You know, where, where can people go Go read this? CNSMaryland.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and there will be a video package, uh, hopefully, in the next few days on PBS NewsHour. All right. Nice. Great to see you, Very proud of them. There Thank you, you. Kevin Blackstone along with Torrance Banks.